I don't wanna go to work. I just wanna chill and play all day. Look 'em dead in the face and say, I wish I could just be still asleep while you work. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with day jobs. We are so glad to be back for another episode. Please remember at the end to like, subscribe, and share this episode when you're done listening, especially with your mom or your boyfriend at the barbershop or in math class. High schoolers, we want you listening. Check us out because the way the word gets out about us is that you talk about us. So please give us a review, especially on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and Spotify. And seriously, it's just so important to get good reviews. It helps our ratings and visibility on the listings and helps us get the word out to the masses. And as as a reminder, while Jobs Blow was born out of the frustrations that come with work, we're here to provide you with inspiration in your pursuit of a dream job. And today we have a fantastic guest, an old PR, well, longtime PR friend of mine, Susan Portnoy, who is now a travel photographer and writer and has an awesome website called TheInsatiableTraveler.com. Um, you should definitely check it out. Cool. Hi, Brianna. Hi, Josh. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Give me some updates. What's going on in your life, professional, personal, at the gym, those glasses. She's wearing these really cute pink reading glasses. Okay. Well, um, I have a job interview, which is huge. What? Clap it up for Brianna. Yes. And it's a nonprofit interview. I will not speak any more of it because, A, I don't want to curse it, and, B, I just don't want to give too Doing much information. Doing what specifically? Um, strategic marketing and you know PR communications things of that nature. That's really so. cool. That's kind. Of, that's absolutely along the lines yes. of what you do. If I'm going to use my superpower, I want to use it for good. So. What, have you had the interview yet? No, Mm-mm. it's next week. What do you have to do for it? Do you know? I need to prep. I need to know a lot about the organization. I need to be smart. This is interesting. Today, on like a PR interview, today they sit you down and go, okay. Write a press release right now. Three topics. Here you go. No, but they might. They could ask to you to come up with a plan. Like, you know, there's. I mean, I don't want to give too much away about our guest, but I know when she was prepping for a job that at the time was her dream job, she worked her ass off pulling together a plan and a presentation. Um, so, yes, they okay. can do that. You have some work to do. I do. I do. But I've been really focused on this amazing podcast. So I'm going to Which podcast? Over, you know, this amazing Jobs Blow podcast. Oh, right. This one. Yes. And producing shows and making sure that you stay in line. <laughs> what have you been doing? I feel like you just treat me like like some little kid like running around with his diaper No, okay. On. <laughs> so an example of Josh and our work relationship, and much like a marriage, I will tell him something and two days later he'll regurgitate it to me as if it was his idea. That's not entirely true. It, it is totally true. It's and it, it, mostly it, true with some clarification on that. I don't know, though. Maybe this isn't much, as much a marriage as in, like my previous work experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is what I'm kind of familiar with. So you with. go home and you just like talk smack about me to your husband, right? Oh, oh, no. He's just, so he just doesn't listen. He's no, stealing my, my ideas. My family will defend you, so <laughs> it's a lose-lose for me. Oh, your daughter is so cute. Um... She, what did she say about? What did no, she say when she listened to the? She said that I'm bossy, <laughs> but I think that's her own personal. <laughs> those are her own issues that she's throwing back at me. All right, next week on the podcast, uh, Brianna's daughter to talk about her bossiness. No, no, good talk. Okay, what about you though? You didn't tell us what's going on oh, with you. I had a good week actually. Uh, professionally, I I reached my 500th performance with the Drunk Shakespeare Society. 
That's pretty exciting, Josh. Thank you. That is huge. Thank you. Um, I got some claps from the audience. That was it. Um, <laughs> Clap. One of my castmates actually called it out at the end of the show, and then everyone was clapping, and then I he put his arms out, and then I ran to him and did the, the dirty dancing lift. I did see that video. That was adorable. That was really fun. But it was it's crazy. It's you know it's a lot of years. I was an original cast member, and I've left and come back and and rejoined the cast recently. And it's like in one respect, like the best job ever. It's also hard it's also exhausting and then to sit back and look backwards and go wow 500 before. and then but every time i say 500 i think about some of these broadway actors who are in shows and they do what eight shows a week right like what didn't one guy one of the phantoms like the main guy did it for like 15 years like that's got to be like a solid. I feel bad, Susan. You can talk. <laughs> so, we don't we we're not saving you for your introduction if you know something you speak up yes he did for many years <laughs> right so um, so in one respect, I, I'm proud of myself, but, um, it was a, a big week and I was glad to celebrate it. So thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate that. Brianna. Congratulations. Thanks, Susan. Uh, okay. You ready? You want to, should I introduce I our amazing you, guest? Your, one of your friends, one of your old friends. Don't, not old. She's so why young does and old have, exactly. Why does old have Thank to you. relate to age? I just meant like a long time long friend. Long time friend. A long, long time. time. Yes. Okay. I didn't realize we were, you know, that was like a PC term now. Yes. And I'm going to make one dirty mention playing off of the name of our show what's the name of our show uh, jobs below um all guests moving forward need to treat the microphone like it's the other show <laughs> you gotta get up on it and give it some love am i good now you are so good thank you <laughs> even closer is better it's, we're just giving you a little tip i can right. i can feel it rubbing my lips so and to all the new listeners who are stopping by thinking it is the other the show? other show Thank you for being here. Maybe you'll stick around and find yourself inspired. Yes. Or Great. really disappointed. Yeah, because that's, that's all. Well, not, maybe not, because I'm taking my shirt off now. So Well, then we'll just be disappointed. <laughs> oh, Brianna, I'm the sorry. way that you are sweet to me. <laughs> you have no idea that Susan wouldn't like that opportunity. I just It's know, a purely Susan. viewing uh, pleasure. Unless right Susan has changed drastically since <laughs> we last. Listen, it's together. just chest hair. Relax. Relax. It's a lot of chest it's hair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give us okay. the title of our episode. Is a career from every angle, mm. and um, I like that one. Yes, and Brianna it, primarily comes up with the titles of the episode, and that's one of my favorite it's ones. Very clever. Okay, thank you. Um, and the background on that is Susan has um, basically been in front of the camera, behind the camera, and also worked with clients and brands where she had to manage um, photography on their behalf. So she has really explored every aspect of working with a camera. Um, but to give you some background on our friendship, I met Susan. Actually, it's our 20th anniversary. Oh I met her in 1999 when she was in the PR world. Susan actually took me to some of the most amazing parties <laughs> I ever went to. I had some good clients. She did. She and I worked together um, when I was at Two and Two with Monty, mm -hmm. our first guest, and also worked with us on the program that helped women in need, and she and I did some traveling together as well. This was before I was married when I was really having a good time in my life, mm -hmm. so lots of fond and fun memories. But Susan's um, career has changed just recently and she's mm -hmm. here to talk about transitioning yep. you know i mean i think for a lot of people in pr as especially women as you get older you have to kind of 
decide what you're going to do and where you're going to go. Because I hear so much, where do people over 40 go? Well, I also think that the industry has changed so much. Yes. And that has forced a lot of people to rethink their careers, um, which kind of sucks. But it is something that you have to think about nowadays. And it happens in the media, too. I mean, a lot of people in media, oh. same thing. Yeah, I knew absolutely. a lot of bakers that suddenly who were writers that ended up baking for some reason. Mm -hmm. Well, could you clarify that? Uh, what changed? In the media world? Um, the because PR my world. last, well, um, my media was around, my PR was based on media. Mm -hmm. I worked with a lot of magazines, uh, also as a freelancer and in-house um, media in general, as you know, magazines are collapsing. The print medium is collapsing. Advertising is collapsing. It causes a lot of um, change, a lot of layoffs. Um, people become very afraid, and it's difficult to be in that atmosphere day in and day out. Did but before we go too far down this path, and I'm being trying to structurally keep us in You're in good. check here. Sorry. Well done. First, before we get too start, get too far down the, oh, the right. path, right. I want to ask you, mm -hmm. because the show is Jobs Blow, <laughs> is there a job that blew that comes to mind right out, you know, without much thought, just something that you were like, shit, this is like, I'm really at the bottom right now, or this really makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah, there was a particular job I didn't stay in long that the my boss was so unbelievably rude and also was someone who had expectations that were just off the charts and made every day difficult, and I wanted to leave. Were you young? Was this in the beginning? This was in the beginning of my career, and it was the kind of thing where... Um, Literally, if I can tell you quickly, um, we were doing this big event um, at Saks Fifth Avenue, and it was a launch of something. And um, I, the night before, I'd basically gotten into a fight with my boyfriend, so I hadn't checked the news. It was all about the fight. And when I came in in the morning, he asked me to come to his office before I got to my voicemail. And he said, so is everything set? And I said, absolutely, you know, short of a plane crash. And he looked at me and he said, TWA, what's what about the plane crash? Oh, sh so, of course, um, I certainly expected that most people would cancel any any of the TV crews that shared their camera with the news crews. It was going to go to mm -hmm. the news crews. But what made it awful, uh, above and beyond the carnage and, and the horrible aspect of that, was that he said, I don't understand. We're different than a plane crash. Why wouldn't people come? You better find a way to get people to this event. And I just thought that was... <laughs> I mean, yes. I wanted to go across the table and throttle him. Well, and the interesting thing for young people listening is... You had to come in to listen to your voicemail. I mean, we didn't have... Exactly. You know, you weren't on a phone constantly. constantly. And you were able to separate yourself. You were yes. in your life. Disconnect. Your, your, your work had ended at the end of the day, and you were at home in your life. It's a big issue, actually, for all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when I've had day jobs, but my sister is in PR, too. And she's, like, almost, she's always dialed in somehow. Always. And I'm like, listen... You got to find a way to tell them, you know, like if you respond to them at three in the morning because you woke up and you looked at your phone, they're going to think it's OK for to communicate with you at that time and then expect you to write back. You have to, like, put the phone down, too. 
it's it's also your responsibility is what I'm saying. Well, a lot of times one of the tricks that I had with my clients um, was to say, look, my phone goes down at 10. I'm not looking at emails. I'm not looking at any of this stuff. If something is up that is an emergency, call me. Because I rarely get phone calls. I'm going to pick that up if I know it's you. Right. right. And that really helped because if they sent it to me, something to me at 1020, they knew I wasn't going to get it. And if they chose not to call me because it was an emergency, that's, you know, bad on them. Right. So how much longer did you stay in that job after that experience? Not very long. I got out pretty quickly. Can I, I ask, what, what did you, was there something, did you panic in that moment? I mean, did you get it done? Did you not get it done? How, what happened? Well, the event worked out okay in the sense that any of the fashion television crews that were dedicated to fashion were there. Uh, it was just that we had a lot of other news crews, the local television crews, things like that, that would have been there as well. And this person was very focused on getting every single thing possible. And it he just wasn't a nice person. And so that aspect of him completely disregarding the fact that there are hundreds of people that it just passed away and in a horrible crash and that and a lot of young people yeah and that he couldn't understand why the media would look at that as a priority above what he was doing I wonder if he had an event on 9-11 right <laughs> because I did you did the fashion takes action we had an event that day which obviously was canceled and I don't know if you remember but fashion writers actually were reporting about because well, it was during attack. the shows. Yes, it was, it was fashion week. Fall fashion week. And or spring they, fashion week. Yes, thank you. But they were actually right at reporting about the attack. It you know, it was it wow. was crazy. Yeah, it was That's crazy. But we won't get so somber. <laughs> but um so what about a dream job, Susan? The dream job. Uh back then or now? Take us from back then to now. Well, I loved PR. I loved coming up with the stories, I loved coming up with the strategy. There was very little I didn't like about it. And if I was into whatever I was representing, the person or the product or what have you, it was my goal. And I was very competitive if I learned that yes. you know, if someone yes, else. Yes, she was. Shut up. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so that really, you know, spurred me on. Like, I really got into that. And, and you had big, big-time clients. I mean, I, you worked for it Amazing. was great. It was great, and I loved it, and I was terrified going through it. Every time I changed genre, I started off in fashion, and then I went to a small agency who said, oh, we have the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. We want you to be the lead on this, and I thought, I don't know how to do that. And the boss at the time, who was very much a mentor, said, yeah, you can. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah don't worry. And that carried on she for a few different things she kept saying it you don't have to have done it before you just need to understand PR and how to put together a story and that's really carried me through um, my whole career um, when I was in PR and uh, so it was it there was a lot of different things at that moment mm -hmm. doing the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition I mean that was huge huge at the time right. and well yeah, years ago. <laughs> you saw that <laughs> I question. Saw, I was, saw that coming. Because my, my, in my mind, I was like, who was in those bathing suits back then? But now you're not going to tell me anyways. So it was, and this was at the beginning of my career. I'm old, so we'll just go with it. But it was Stop. Heidi Klum's. Now Clums. you're using the Heidi, old word. It was Heidi Klum's first cover. Oh, my God. Um, Can we take a break while I go? She's still so re go relevant. I know. I mean, she's managed to just keep 
you know, stay fresh. And hot. well, the interesting thing at that time is that a year earlier, I had hired her for a um, catalog job that I did with Nicole Miller, and so That's she was literally just. off the boat no No. just off the boat like she was about 15 pounds heavier incredibly nice wonderful still gorgeous is this when germans would still take boats here yes exactly (laughs) she went through ellis island she did (laughs) she did that's how old i am (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah so uh, it was it was big and so that was a big thing for me and and i liked trying new things and so later in my career i joined condé nast and that particular job, which is what you what you had prepared your big presentation for, right? I mean, I feel like I remember you. Did I make that up? I think head? you made that up. I really thought I remembered you saying the that. The reason they... the reason I didn't have to on that particular what I did have to do is meet um, the the president of the division that I was initially working with, and that was he was known for being difficult and uh and it's one of the reasons that the head of um, pr at the time of the whole company said she knew me we'd known each other for a long time and had asked me to come into the company a couple times prior to that uh to represent a magazine and i was already doing that as a freelancer i didn't need to have focus on a specific magazine so this particular job I was doing a variety of things from business to huge programs to television to all these different things and that was truly my dream job and working with this executive was difficult and challenging and cool but um yeah it was my dream job for a long time how long how many years did you seven and a half wow okay so can I interject for a second Mm -hmm. so if you what we'll get to, but if you go to your website now, which you'll tell us about, yes. it very clearly says after yes. that experience, right? What? Let's go from there. What happened after Condé Nast? So, well, after Condé Nast, I was laid off. There it is. And <laughs> don't talk about that. Do you guys not have any special background music for that? Or what? We can put that in. You ready? We should. And. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> there it is. Um, no, something. but it is interesting because, you know, it is something that uh, a few of our guests so far, including oh, Brianna, yeah. have had to go through. I've had to go through it as well. And it's kind of like an entryway into the next portion of your professional life. And that's kind of why we're here oh, today, yeah. too. So, you know, that it is it stinks, but it's also very interesting when that happens. Yeah, and I have to say, it was four years into the economic downturn, and I had seen a lot of my friends in different departments and different magazines being laid off, and it was horrible. Because being in the PR department, a lot of times I would know beforehand, and I didn't want to upset people, and they would ask me. And it was just, some. after a while, I just said, I don't want to know who it is until the day of. And uh, because I want to be able to look people in the eye and say, I don't know. And um, so four years after, it was finally my turn. And um, I went freelance, though, for quite a while and had some great clients. But at the same time, as one does when you get laid off, I went to Botswana. And... (laughs) So now we've had an (laughs) India and a Botswana. Yes. yes. Where did you go after you got laid off? Hawaii. Right. With Monty. It's important, I think. And I went to Queens. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> but I, I don't did, really know how to respond to that. I did have that. to c- cross water. I okay. remember that. And I remember driving home being like, what did it say? Uh, 
I like um, oh, I forgot what I saw a sign that's some kind of like sign that inspiration seemed like, they gave you it. No, no. it's like the opposite of like 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 don't go this way. Oh. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? They sent me home. That's well. Sad. I should be a world traveler by the time I've as many times I've been laid off. I've only went to Hawaii. I had a couple layoffs. I didn't go anywhere either. So you know, I think it's like now where so many people change change jobs quickly. Before that used to be something that made you seem, you know, unreliable. Mm-hmm. And now it's just the way it is. And being laid off, having been laid off is, you know, just part of the game. It so is. give us the, the the story from there. You, you got laid off and, and to where you are now because that, to me, is the coolest thing what you do now. Sure. Well, I'd always been interested in, t- in photography. And so I went to Botswana and it was wonderful not having any job at that moment because I didn't have to think about anything at home. I really got to focus on the beauty of Africa. And um, I was at that point putting things up on Tumblr, things that I photographed through the year on vacations and stuff. And uh, people were interested in it. And so when I came back from Botswana, I happened to be talking to Ariana Huffington, actually, for a PR job, and she asked me, you know, do you want to blog on the Huffington Post, which she did for 100 million other people, and I did, and it got noticed, and so I was invited to Africa, and the idea of having a blog, the idea of writing about it in this way became more interesting to me. It, I'd never been on that side of the coin I'd worked with tons of journalists, but had never really done that. And I'd also really ignited a passion for photography when I was there that now it wasn't just something I did on vacations. I knew that I wanted to learn about it. I wanted to take workshops. I wanted to study it. Um, wildlife photography uh, at that time was really the focus, and um, I just needed to do it. It was just one of those things that sort of grabbed me. And I tend to become obsessive about certain things. I was going to say, say, I remember when you used to ride a horse. (laughs) I saw that look in your face, (laughs) yes. Um, Yeah, Brianna's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I do tend to jump in. When Brianna used to horse ride around the city (laughs) with her friends on a Sunday. Yeah, well, Bri knows that a year after starting lessons, I bought a horse. You bought a horse? I'm telling you. (laughs) That's that's the first thing I and I lived in New York. I live in New York. Oh, storage! You get a storage. Oh, oh, Jersey. In New Jersey, Sorry. which you know, and then I bought a car, and then you know, all of the the training, and I mean, it was ridiculously expensive. And I had him for seven years. So you have to pay tolls when you ride a horse <laughs> over like a bridge or a tunnel. <laughs> I never tried that. I'll, I'll, I'll what if have like to you get off the horse and then walk the horse past? The, the the toll place. Then technically, you're both walking. You don't have to pay. I generally don't know. That's a good I'll have good to question. I'll have to research that. I'll get back to you. So I have a question. So um and I again, what's the website? Because I want to get that. The out website. There. So now I am, drum roll, thank you, uh, the insatiable traveler. The insatiable traveler dot com dot com. And I've been there, and you can yes. go there right now while you're listening. Please do. So what's interesting to me, too, on top of the photography, which I want to hear more about, especially you said you were learning about it and mm-hmm. you had to become, you know, more mm-hmm. well-versed with that. The writing mm-hmm. on the site is phenomenal. <gasps> Thank you. It is to the point. Do you know it, how much I love you right now? <laughs> I, I have that quality. 
I just know how to make people <laughs> love me and hate me. Hi. Well done. Hi, everyone. Uh, four people out there who totally well, hate and me. I mean, but wait, I want to say real PR quick. PR work, though, leads yeah. into that because it's she knew well, how to craft a story. Well, that's what my question was. was do you it, know, did you, were you studying writing in college? Did no, you become really a better hard. writer as a PR professional? Because... It's concise, and that's what – from comedy, we're standing at the – we're at the Comic Ship Live studios right now looking through at the club. It's all about concise, mm-hmm. tight, to-the-point writing. Yeah, I, I mean a lot of it is my personal obs- observations, and that's what people responded to. So it as soon as I decided that I wanted to write it, then I became much more of a megalomaniac on the quality of it, and it. so I – I suffer a lot in wanting to be a better writer. Uh, As a PR person, it's a very different kind of writing, and crafting story ideas is very different because you are saying this is what makes my company or product or client fabulous, but it's the journalist who actually writes that story and has to pitch it to their editor. And now I'm on their side, and pitching to an editor in that capacity is very different than when you're a PR person. So it was a lot to learn. And I, and it's been interesting being on both sides because I hear the grumblings on each side, right? You know, journalists having problems with PR, PR having trouble with journalists and, and having been on both sides, I often in conversations are defending one or the other, depending on where the story is going. But, but what sounds interesting is that you became invigorated by it and I you did. wanted to be good at it. Yeah, well, I'm not. But that's you. You don't do anything twenty percent. You no. turn that up to ninety to a hundred, or. But isn't that det- the mark of a successful but person? Yeah, yeah, but no. also to my detriment. I mean, I've spent a lot of angst-filled days wondering if something's good enough, or um, I'm I, I have difficulty uh, doing new things because if I haven't prepared for it and know that I can do it perfectly, I don't want to do it or as close to perfect as I can get it. So I think a lot of people who do the fake it to make it scenario, um, I think go farther in the short run, but then they get figured out. Mm -hmm. And I have to be a little better about easing up on myself and not being such a, you know. So Susan. Perfectionist. Let's just talk about since you've done this, Mm -hmm. some of the accolades that you've received. Because you oh, have. You're going to make me. I'm going to be your PR person because, okay. you know, we had a conversation. <laughs> She's not good at promoting herself, so I'm going to give her it love. It just makes me feel weird. But please. Let us do it because they, it's cool. If they go on your website, they're you going see to it see it anyway. Right? It's on there. I've so. had I've had some good successes. Uh, I've had, there is a organization called the Society of American Travel Writers. And, um, and. They have an award called the Lowell Thomas Award, and in that I won on several occasions the um, illustration of travel, which is for my photographs and things like that. And it's been great because in certain circumstances, the person, if I I won a bronze medal, let's say, the, the... the one that won silver was like Nat Geo. So (laughs) I felt like I was in, you know, wow, I'm in good company there. And I've had that opportunity um, a few times in these past years. If supposedly, and this will totally jinx it, but I'm told that if I should win another award next year, I'll have won a record. But wow. But yeah, like I said, now I'm totally jinxed it. So knock on my head. Well, and I don't know if we made it clear. Um, you have now transitioned full time into focusing on yes, this. Yes, I, I last year I 
when I had, I had my last client and I had let clients sort of, when projects ended, I didn't try to get a new one. Right. And so I was down to my last client and they got bought. Uh, the company got bought and so everything was changing and I thought, okay, I've either got to jump on the bandwagon and get the next client or do this. Go for it. And it was hard. I mean, I went into a whole spiral of of emotions and and kind of lost my mind for a little bit. <laughs> but you let, you let a, a, a career of 20 years? Yeah. 20, I mean, that that's an anchor. You pretty much pulled that up and said, well, it was also, you know, I made really good money mm, over my too. career. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. I can't deny it. It was awesome. And I never lived large anyway. But I've always had an issue with what if I don't have enough money down the road? I'm not married. Um, I've always been told growing up, you don't don't rely on men to be there and support you. And so that really was drilled into my head. So the idea of changing direction and not having that kind of money coming in and knowing that I would probably have to supplement to a certain extent as I made the industry aware, okay, now I'm here and I'm doing it full time, um, going into savings, that freaked me out. Mm -hmm. well, really freaked I, me and out. And believe me, I understand because I haven't had a job <laughs> in a little while. It's and I've, I think I've become numb because I stressed so much about it and I got to a point where I, I it's not helping me I have to just focus on what's coming up and how I can very true I like how you keep coming back to the word transition or changing direction because mm -hmm. it's real it's not it, it, you could look at it and say PR and now you're a travel photographer or a wildlife photographer traveling the world it's it's very connected actually it's not some left turn you, you you used your experience, you used your passions, right? And Absolutely. it became something that you now can see down the road. Okay, I see where this could go as yeah. long as I keep focusing And it's going to take it. a lot of work. It's, it's more work. I think that people look at this profession and feel, oh my, you know, dream job, are you traveling all the time? And that is fantastic. But we're not able to look at these destinations anymore as a traveler does. We have to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, I have to make sure that I have my notes. I have to take pictures. I have to take video. I have to, you know, interview who's ever there. There is never a moment where I can just relax, truly. Um, now, we all have jobs where there are aspects of it that aren't great. So if mine happens to be taking place in the Sea of Cortez in Mexico, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that over something else. But Read that article, by the way, about swimming with the swimming the, with the whale shark. The whale shark <laughs> in the Sea of Cortez. Does it feel like work though when you're doing these projects and trips? It does in, like, at night, when I'm in the middle of it and I'm taking photo. I mean, when I'm photographing, I'm very into it, and and I've expanded from wildlife. I've done, you know, time. I've spent time in the Altai Mountains with Mongolia in Mongolia and the Maasai, uh, in Kenya and the Samburu in northern Kenya, and I love cultural moments and and uh, learning about uh, people and especially about indigenous cultures that are sort of on that threshold of those customs dying out. Um, I find that fascinating. So, What about your article on New York culture and kind of retouching base again with your... Uh, rediscovering New York? Right. Yeah, well, you know, it, what basically that came from is that 
anytime you live in a city for a long period of time, that initial, oh my God, I mean, when I first moved here, yes, I went to Broadway, I went to every museum, I did every, you know, all those things that you do as a newbie. And then after a while, you're like, yeah, it's there. I can always go to Broadway next weekend or whatever it is. And I could just go to Drunk Shakespeare later. (laughs) It'll be around for another five to ten years. Now that I know. So I just realized that I wasn't taking advantage. And so I try to do other things in in the small time that I'm not either writing or away. But um, I think it's important. I, I don't always find that thing that energizes me. And that's what I'm looking for. Well, and now you're looking through a different lens. Yes. So. Yeah, literally. Ooh, well yeah. done. Thank uh, you. Could, I was working on us, that over here. Could <laughs> you give us one, if somebody, you know, was listening out there who is maybe in a similar situation, either just got laid off or thinking about transitioning to a different career, give me one piece of advice. Well, I think probably don't let fear stop you as much as it did me. I, I really held off for a long time. I probably should have done that weaning process from PR uh, a year and a half, two years earlier, because it takes time to really build traffic and to do all the things. And I was doing it half-assed. And that was really where the trouble was, because I wasn't doing PR the way I wanted to do it, and I wasn't doing the travel the way I wanted to do it, and I was struggling with trying to do both. And I'm not good if I'm not doing 100%. I get very cranky. So um, it was something that I avoided. And so I feel if you feel like this is something that you can do, do get, you're going to jump off the bridge at some point. So just do it. Well, and it really helps to have people who support you. Yes. I think the last question before we go into our game is really, can we or can you, Susan, bring us on your next trip where we will conduct our next podcast interview with maybe a local at whatever destination you arrive at i was going to go to coney island next <laughs> i have never been i think we could probably do that i, I have, always I ask know, at right? the wrong time when are you going back to botswana i know sorry all right well nice segue into the game um so for the game today it's aligned with the title of the show so i'm going to ask you a variety of questions and i need you to tell me which angle in your lead up to where you are in your career now mm-hmm. applies to, to the description? So in being in front of the camera, which we didn't even touch on, actually, you were a model briefly in the beginning of your life. It Fair, when I was a young. Very young, yes. How young are we? The beginning of her <laughs> life? When she was zero. No, when she was. <laughs> Three months old? I was in my late teens, early 20s. Okay. Right. And it is ultimately what brought her to New York and her brought her to her career in PR. So By way of Europe for three right. years. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so anyway, which of um, being in front of the camera, behind the camera, or when you worked in PR and you had to manage photography for your clients apply to these scenarios that I'm going to ask you. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. The first one, which was the least stressful? The least stressful. Always being behind the camera. Okay. Most stressful. Um, dealing with situations uh, where I can't control what's happening, like the plane crash scenario. So where someone wants some yeah, the PR where someone wants something done and I can't make it happen. Okay. Most rewarding. Wow. Um I I've, I've actually had rewarding periods throughout, you know. So I don't want to say any one, but right now the 
development that I'm having in my photography, and I, I have a long way to go. Uh, and a lot to learn. You always need to learn more with photography. Um, but I'm feeling, starting to feel really good about the consistency of my photographs and, and want to work on that. But I zoned out for a second. Did she say most rewarding was being here with us? No. <laughs> um, craziest experience. Craziest experience. Um, I think actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, there was one year, I think you, I talked to you about this, was uh, I, for one year, I was asked to come in an emergency PR for the Westminster Kennel Club shove. And the PR person who was on it got sick or something, and it was like three days before. So the head of um, was at Madison Square Garden where it asked me to come in. And the reason it was so crazy, because it's dogs. I mean, I love I mean, I've dogs, seen Best in Show. It's Best in Show. Yeah. It's right. amazing. But I cannot tell you, ABC, CBS, NBC, fighting to get the winner. And I mean, we would be on the street and one would say I'm, I'd be heading to NBC with the dog and CBS would come and say just come to us now and they were like trying to you know wow I who mean, knew uh, uh, kidnapping I mean it was crazy like the and super the Super Bowl of dog shows the super, and the level of of anger when they didn't get their way and I'm thinking this is a freaking dog I mean I <laughs> love it Have but you ever it, watched it was a cat it? fight not, over dog but it's I've not done, like some huge show that is promoted on any of those networks when it airs. I mean, it's on. You see it. No, but, but on news, the winner is always, oh. it's always the cute, you know, little thing at the end. And whoever gets the, the dog live at that time was the big act. Okay. Wow. Okay. We probably have to keep go. going. No, do, uh, um, feared for your life. Ah, um, recently I was on a private plane during a trip and the pilot without letting any of us know, and this is a small little puddle jumper. And this is Beautiful. in your photography behind this is my the, this, yeah, is, this is recent the behind this behind the camera camera thank you and uh the the pilot wanted it was in africa and the pilot wanted to sort of buzz and say hello to a village his village is uh, where he grew up and didn't tell us so when we took off we took off at a pretty acute angle and we're going and almost within two minutes we started to go down again and it was we couldn't figure it no we didn't know why and I knew that there was we were not at our destination it was supposed to be an hour flight and I remember looking out the window and seeing the ground come up really fast and I thought I'm gonna die in a plane crash I'm really gonna die in a plane crash. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't. I, I you know my. You know my fear of flying. So yeah, that is. Ter- that when is he awful. came back and he was sort of, hey, did you have a great flight? I swear to God, I almost went for his throat. And <laughs> no, oh, that's not fun. No, I mean, I get <laughs> something I get I like commercial <laughs> pilots. Like I get off planes and I'm like, really? You couldn't have told us that there was bumpy. Like, no. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Most memorable. The time in my career or a specific event? Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the camera, behind PR. The camera, or okay, so behind the, the, behind the camera, I think, because of these travel, uh, spending time walking with polar bears in Manitoba, that was amazing. Uh, anytime I go to Africa, blows my mind. I'm obsessed. I also, I spent a couple weeks in Mongolia with Kazakh nomads. We had an eight-hour eight hour dance party wow. with vodka and what? a girl in the middle of nowhere. That's crazy. Um, so I've, I have to say that while I'm certainly not making the kind of money I used to make in, in a more mainstream career, um, my experiences no, are No, it is about experience. Phenomenal. Are you more fulfilled in general? 
In many ways, yeah. It's still scary because you can't, in this side of it, you can't just be the photographer because you also have to be the social media manager and you right. have to be the the SEO um, expert and, and all those things. You end up doing things wrong the before PR you do person. them right. Yeah, but you as the PR person, your brand too. I mean. you, you know how to build a brand. You know how to promote a brand. I mean, that doesn't that come in handy? It does, but it's sort of the same situation when how most people can do things for other people, but when it comes to yourself, yeah. you can't write your own bio because I stop myself because, oh, that's not ready yet, or I'm not as proud of this as I should be. Or, you know, I tend to look at the negative parts before I put something out. Whereas the PR person is immediately going for, okay, what are the high, the mm -hmm. high the spots? Highlights. And so yeah. I, I can't do that for myself. I wish I could. I'm happy. I mean, I still talk to people about strategy. I still, um, do something. I just don't do the pitching and the story getting anymore. I, I, I'm better at strategy. You know what I noticed? None of the answers were in front of the camera. Are any any positive? I had a good. I mean, I had a good time. I, I mean, the, the what what it what it helped is I graduated from the University of Michigan. Um, I had an agency in Chicago that sent me to Spain. Ooh. I met this hot guy. Never bad. Um, he was from Boston, ironically, and I ended up staying in Europe for three years, and that was amazing. And I went all around, and and that really you know, ignited my passion for traveling. traveling Even though I'd always loved it as a kid, this was me on my own. And it also made me feel confident about being on my own and having to, you know, be in front of the camera. I, I wasn't as happy about still photography. I was fine doing commercials. Right. Because really, you just have to be kind of an idiot, and he knows. You know, you're not <laughs> not you. You have to show in auditions that you're not inhibited. Like you can, hey, how are you right. doing? You know, you have to be big, and and so I could do that. Um, but yeah, I, well, that, I, mean, I think it was a platform, but it was a platform that it started your career, and it was a long time ago. And these most recent memories, I mean, they're pretty freaking amazing. Oh yeah, I mean, I have, to, I, I cannot complain. I've had some amazing, amazing things and experiences and people I've met in all aspects of my life. So, yeah, no complaints. And it's all documented. Yeah. And it's all <laughs> great. <laughs> I wish we would have documented some of the parties we went to. That We didn't even get to talk about those. Oh, I mean, Brie. the Talk Magazine launch in like 20 years ago. We should ago. have done a side podcast of your conversation before the podcast. Of the two of you talking I about mean, these parties. It'll have to be a part two someday. It will, yeah. because the parties that media companies used to be able to throw right. were, I mean. Oh, the golden era of media, yeah. yeah. We, we did things. There was an uh, after party that my company did that was a million dollars. Get out of here. I saw both your heads swung around <laughs> towards me at that one. Yeah. I mean, now crazy. it's like, what can you do for 15K? What, what can you do for five? Yeah. So, yeah. What could you do for free yes. for us? That happens a lot. I can tell you, uh, especially in my end of it, the will give you exposure for uh. getting free content. And in some some, Some situations, yeah. it is worth it. It is. Um, but not across the board, and not everyone who offers it really is giving you a lot. Yep. Okay. So we are going to uh, – we're going to start getting to the end because this has been a phenomenal 
conversation with you. And again, I want to hear part two about all these parties that you guys used to <laughs> name drop all these people. Oh. Uh, but we do have our final question that we ask all our guests yes. on the podcast. Am I asking or are you? You Uh-oh. go for it. What? Where do you see yourself in five oh, years? Oh, gosh. You guys are human resource. Humor. Humor. Humor resource. resource. Five years. Well, obviously, a famous and well, more well-traveled photographer than I am now. Through Insatiable Traveler or maybe for another publication of some kind? I don't think I want to work in-house for a publication. I just want to be fabulous on my own. And then, of course, because I'm fabulous on my own, <laughs> then different publications will ask me to. And they pick you up now, right? They publish your They're work different, in different publications? I haven't really done print. I've done a lot of online. But it makes sense because click-through if someone's looking at my work and then they can click through to my website, that's better for me. So and you get paid for those, right? Yeah. I mean, right. Do okay. people approach you because they want to have a print of your work? Yeah, I've, I've definitely, I've had people uh, buy images from seeing it on Instagram or from my um, website. I had Kate Spade, um, the company bought two images that were used on packaging for their candles. Wow. Yeah, you never, you never know where opportunities will, will come from. That's amazing. Do you want to ask where she doesn't see herself in five years? Or are we? Is that tired? I thought she was going to say at one of Josh's comedy uh, specials for Netflix at Drunken Shakespeare. (laughs) In five years, if he's still doing it in five years, (laughs) I'll be like the seven hundredth show. Good evening and welcome (laughs) to the Drunk Shakespeare Society. All right, well, Susan, why don't you tell everybody your social handles? Sure. So on. Well, the website is theinsatiabletraveler.com. The Insatiable Traveler. The Insatiable Traveler. Okay. And on Facebook and Instagram, it's just Insatiable Traveler. And on Twitter, because Insatiable Traveler is way too long for their character limits, it is InsaTrav with the I and the T capitalized. InsaTrav. InsaTrav. I got to say, if you're listening and you're still here with us, (laughs) which you should be because this is one of the most phenomenal stories we've had. I really think you should go and check out the website. The sto- the writing about it, what I really wanted to say was from a journalistic standpoint, when you read a story about uh, an event or just, you know, like somebody's travels, it's almost like third person either writing about what someone else is doing, mm-hmm. right? You are writing about your your feelings, your emotions, specifically, I can't get it out of my head, the one swimming with the, with the, the whale, whale sharks. sharks, and you're your stress about the encounter with the dolphin and then <laughs> how is it going to go with the shark. Was I going to freak out or I not? I mean, I felt like I was in <laughs> the water with you. I felt, and it was, like I said, short, concise. It was readable. It was not something that I that I needed to set aside an hour to read, you know? So I, it's more than just the pictures. It's more than just the, the travel stories. There's a there's a certain connection that you're forming with your readers. So I really applaud well, you on that. You. I couldn't ask for a better compliment. Great. Thank you. and You're welcome. And, and, uh, Did so you see go the video? Uh, the li- yes, the video was crazy. <laughs> I'm excited because I'm doing a video now. You know what the craziest part about that video was? Was that her head kept popping up out of the water, and you pop out of the water for a second and see nothing, just water. And then as soon as your head goes down under the water, there's this gigantic fish. <laughs> and its mouth is open. Right? That's what I loved about it because that I found so fascinating is that you could – they'd swim very close to the top of the water, but you can be on top and you see nothing but sky. And you go under like an you know five inches underneath, and there's a 20-foot whale shark with yeah. a mouth that's three foot wide. Yeah. Five feet you have from no, you. What does that tell you about what's going on in the apartment below you? You have no idea. Totally. You think you're the only one in this world. Well, that's world. why I think the ocean is 
fascinating, fascinating and, and scary. And scary. Yeah. That was my dream job as a kid. Though. Did I ever tell you that? Yeah. I wanted to be a marine biologist. Ah, uh, no. good job. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. We, thank you so much thank you, Susan. Thank for coming you in. And it's snowing, in like we said. Yes. Across Did we town. say your last name, by the way? Susan Portnoy. Susan Portnoy. Yes, snowing like crazy outside. Thank you for coming in and uh, sitting with us. We really do appreciate all of you uh, tuning in. My name is Josh Hyman. And I'm Brianna Haas. I would like to thank... Everybody for tuning in so far, please go to our website, jobsblowpodcast.com, for more thank yous to our friends, artists, and supporters, as well as to enter your email to subscribe to our newsletter about future episodes. Or, you know, it would be great, too, if you could just send us an email with your thoughts or your feedback, or if you have any suggestions for other people that we can interview on a future episode. Yes, and shameless plug, obviously, please follow us on our social media at Jobs Blow Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And also, we have a website, jobsblowpodcast.com. We're also on LinkedIn and Tinder and Ashley Matt. Matt, no, no. Uh, <laughs> That's your other profile. <laughs> Stop it. You can follow Josh at Mr. Mr. Josh Hyman. Um, also, Mr. Mr. Josh Hyman dot com and at Facebook, Mr. Mr. Josh Hyman. <laughs> you got to say it once. It's you know, okay. I thought you said Josh Lyman and I was looking it up and they yeah. gave me the West Wing character. Yeah, and I his thought, name that was Josh Lyman. No, oh, my mother. Yeah, I'm really doing this by myself in a room with a fake character. <laughs> my mom to this day was like, you should have changed your name to your middle name, Joshua Gregg. I was like, well, it's too late now. It's Josh Hyman. But uh, you can also follow Brianna on her social media at. No. <sighs> She won't share it. Okay, uh, don't forget, everyone, please like, subscribe, and review, review, review this episode, please. It really helps our visibility on all of the podcast sharing sites. Um, Also, we are currently only taking five-star reviews at the moment. Uh, If you did not enjoy this podcast, then don't give us a review. I'm just kidding. Any reviews are good reviews. We really appreciate the feedback. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm too fly for my suit and tie And I'd rather die than work nine to five And I'm too fly for my suit and tie And I'd rather die than work nine to five And that's why I don't want to go to work I just want to chill and play all day Look him dead in the face and say I wish I could just be still asleep while you were